Hello and welcome to Nightcap with Jim. I am the titular Jim and tonight we'll be finishing up our discussion of the Lord of the Rings film trilogy, focusing on Return of the King. For more content you may enjoy, check out our Mangami podcast and our other social media at Mangami Players on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and YouTube. Let's get into it. figure uh we'll start at the beginning <laughs> um as return of the king opens uh, especially if uh, you're rocking with the uh the extended versions of the film um we uh get to see part of the fellowship anyway uh reunited uh with aragorn legolas gimli and theoden and gandalf uh reuniting with uh Marion Pippin after the uh march of the Ents uh to attack Isengard which <laughs> I know that was the last film but how fucking cool is seeing an, that army of Ents just just busting the shit out of Isengard man Hoo-hoo! so awesome <laughs> I just love the Ents they're so cool um but uh I thought uh, you know it was kind of it's it's funny this this particular scene um just like how they how they went about making it because uh when um they come riding up to Mary and Pippin you know they're chilling out and you know smoking some long bottom leaf and having some ale and you know chowing down on some salted pork and so on and so such and uh, the way that they shot Merry and Pippin, they did it in four different ways. So really drunk, just kind of tipsy, you know, a little, little high, and then just stoned off their asses. Which would suggest that uh, the pipe weed, uh, at least Longbottom Leaf, is a, um, is a, is similar to marijuana. That would it would suggest that. I'm not sure. But that's, you know, is it, is it, is it, you know, is it like weed or is it like tobacco? You know, is it some kind of a mix of both? I don't know. It'd be a fun discussion, though. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you, if you know for sure one way or the other, hit, you know, hit the comment section or send me a message or whatever, you know, like, let's, let's, you know, let's have our facts straight. <laughs> um... But then, here's now, here's a little bit of a dark piece of trivia for you right here. Um, with the extended version, you get the confrontation between Gandalf and and uh, Saruman, um, which, uh, I mean, if I'm honest, you know, like, having seen, you know, both the theatrical and the extended versions... It's kind of a bummer that it's not in the theatrical, you know, but hey, what are you going to do? But uh, this piece of trivia is pretty dark because um, there's a point in the scene where um, Saruman, you know, uh, pretty much just bitch slaps um, uh, Grima Wormtongue. And Grima doesn't take to this too kindly, so he uh, stabs Saruman in the back. Now, the sound that he makes, Christopher Lee, the actor who plays Saruman, 
is just this <gasps> kind of, you know, a gasp, you know. Um, and Peter Jackson, you know, asked for something else, but Christopher Lee informed him of what really happens when a person gets stabbed in the back. Um, <laughs> how does he know this, you might ask? Well, um, Mr. Lee uh, served uh, during World War II with the OSS, the op. Uh, the Office of Special Services, um, and uh, I don't know if, how much you know, or if you know about this organization at all, but um, they, uh, you know, they were kind of a, that mix of, like, commandos and spies, you know, uh, they were not to be fucked with, <laughs> you did not trifle with, uh, some, with a field op operative from the OSS, I'll put it, I'll put it that way. <laughs> so uh Christopher Lee's like, nope, it's not uh, it's not a scream, it's not a yelp, it's just a because <sighs> all the air just <sighs> evacuates your body. It's just pushed out. And uh that always, you know, fascinates and it kind of frightens me <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I mean that's a pretty uh uh strong piece of knowledge, uh, to have, uh, in your, in your, uh, <laughs> in, in your, uh, brain, you know, um, so, uh, you know, Christopher Lee takes the motherfuckers out during the war, who knows, you know, like, but, uh, you know, either way, like, uh, it's kind of frightening <laughs> to, I, I would imagine, you know, if you're a filmmaker, and you're, you know, and then, you know, you got this guy who's like, uh, no, actually, um, this is how this would go if this person was killed this way. It's just like, woo, okay. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> let's just, uh, let's shoot the scene your way, buddy. Um, uh, it's nice, too, that that scene is back in the extended version because apparently Christopher Lee was none too happy um, about his only scene in this movie being cut out of the theatrical version. Now, again, you know, you have to remember how long these movies are just theatrical versions. So long. I mean, Return of the King, I think, is three hours and 20 minutes, the theatrical version, with no intermission. Um, and, you know, the extended cut puts another something like uh, 30, 40 minutes back into the movie. So, you know, uh, just super long movies. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but still, I, I do agree with, with, with Mr. Lee, you know, because it was kind of a bummer, you know, because that scene is really, really fantastic. I love that scene. Uh, it's a great way, you know, it's a great uh, way to, you know, have a, uh, just keep the story kind of going, you know, during this, uh, opening, uh, you know, 10 or 15 minutes of, of the film. Um, but, you know, just, which is like, it's even like a, I mean, cause Christopher Lee is just a, such a fantastic, well, I'm sorry, was such a fantastic actor. He unfortunately passed away a couple of, uh, well, a while ago. Um, but, um, but it's such a fantastic actor. Uh, I think has one of the longest lists of of films that he's made that any actors made ever, 
you know, uh, <laughs> I think his IMDb, uh, or, you know, his Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, uh, lists him, credits him with, uh, something like 250 or 300, uh, credits to his name, so, uh, guy, guy put in work, to say the least, you know, and his portrayal of Saruman, of course, is just right on, because this dude is straight, was straight up one of the biggest Lord of the Rings fans ever to live, you know, I mean, the guy read the books once a year, every year, since they came out, actually got to meet Professor Tolkien once, um, and just how cool would that have been, you know, like, to be this, just, because, I mean, you, you look at a, someone like Christopher Lee, you know, especially, like, you know, or just, like, an elderly person, and I think nowadays we have this, this kind of a misconception of what a super fan is, you know, like, I think most people, when, when, you know, you, you, when we think of people who just, you know, are just so in love with these kinds of things, you know, like these fantasy stories or, or comic books or, or anime or this or that or whatever, I think we all have in our mind, um, this, this kind of a look, uh, you know, that probably like some kind of like a cosplay sort of situation or like just someone who's like, looks, you know, just has that, that's, uh, standard sort of nerd geek look to them, you know, like Coke bottle glasses and, you know, like button up shirts with a, you know, pocket protector or whatever, you know, and, and, uh, you just like the more and more you, you understand how much people like stuff and the wide variety of people that like stuff. And you just realize that that's just horse manure. You know what I mean? Um, but it is a little bit jarring because, like, even, you know, me, I, I still have that, that that a little bit, you know? Like, the first time that Christopher, like, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm watching the special features and it's like, oh, yeah, Christopher Lee, he's, like, the biggest Lord of the Rings fan ever in the world. <laughs> and you just don't think, you know, you wouldn't think to look at Christopher Lee and be like, oh, yeah, that dude's totally into Lord of the Rings. Or whatever, you know, like, you look at Peter Jackson, and then you go, oh, well, of course, he's into Lord of the Rings. And it's just this this kind of a thing of looking to people and, and judging them. And, you know, st stereotypes, whether we like it or not, sometimes are accurate and sometimes are not. And I just, I just, it's just really kind of trippy you know, when stereotypes get shattered, uh, it's awesome too, you know, like when, you know, just like, hey, Christopher Lee, he's just this huge, 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 huge Lord of the Rings fan, and it's just like, whoa, that's pretty sweet, <laughs> so that would, I, I would highly suggest that if you can, if possible, let's smash some stereotypes, people, <laughs> get out there. And, uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back with some more Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Mm -hmm. 
So now, uh, kind of want to take a little bit of a look at uh, the character of Eowyn. Um, she's another one of my just absolute favorite characters uh, from these stories. You know, uh, she, uh, she she's very, very ambitious and determined. Um, and she's more than willing to serve, and, and but she wants to serve in her way, you know, um, which I think is fantastic. You know, um, she's a very, very strong woman. You know, uh, part of that comes from just, you know, her upbringing, you know, being a shield maiden of Rohan. And, and, you know, just like these are a very hardy people. They know how to, they know how to take care of business. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> like they, they, they know how to take, they know how to take out their enemies, um, and how to survive, uh, you know, rough and tumble. I mean, even their grandest city, you know, Edoras, uh, it's not, uh, it ain't all that, you know what I mean? Like the nicest spot is is the gray the the great hall up top, and even that is you know a spot where you know they they uh, you know put their horses up in, and um, you know it, it's just it's really not like it's just not you know a place where it's just, they're not a rich people, you know like they they live very much off the land. And are you know one with with it? You know uh, it's part of them. It's part of their being. Um, but also, Eowyn is just uh, has her own strength that she found within herself um, that she discovered uh, that's unique in a way to her, um, because she is a very strong woman character. She's a strong character, just period. But the fact that she's a woman, it's like bonus points in a way. You know what I mean? Um, uh, which I don't. I hope that doesn't make me sound sexist, because I, I I don't want to come off that way. But you know, I just love Eowyn so much. Um, she's she is super strong. She is so fantastic and amazing. Uh, but she does also have that vulnerable side, you know, and that oh, that usually comes out um, when we're when we're talking about her loved ones, you know, the people that she cares about. Um, and uh, she like and Miranda Otto, by the way, like holy smokes, like she is very much like Eowyn. I feel you know she's. She's gorgeous. She's she's got that you know she's got that soft side to her, but she can kick ass, man. Like you know, she shows up after being cast for these movies, and you know, uh, like she's talking with like Liv Tyler, I believe it was, and um, you know, uh, Liv was asking her about you know like oh have you uh, started doing your uh, sword training. And Miranda's like, oh, I kind of thought that there was just this, you know, the stunt people were just going to handle that stuff. And Liv's like, oh, no, you got to, you got to, you got to go, you know, uh, talk to somebody about this. Because uh, they expect, they expect a lot out of you, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, you, if you watch some of her training stuff and then some of her stunt work, it's just like, whoa. Like, again, the dedication across the board. 
with everybody involved in these motion pictures, you know? I mean, especially Miranda Otto in uh, the scene during the battle for Pelennor Fields um, where she fights the Witch King of Angmar, um, the head ringwraith. Uh, that scene is one of the most grueling scenes I think I've ever, you know, uh, witnessed, uh, you know, to film it. Um, because Peter Jackson, well, Peter Jackson, he's very, he was very much a perfectionist on this movie, and, you know, he would do take after take after take after take after take after take after take, yeah, I'm still going, after take after take after take after take after take after take, still going, after take after take after take, he would go for 27 takes until he got it right, or more, you know what I mean? And that that includes that included the fight stuff. So this 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 fight scene between Eowyn and the Witch King um, was just so fucking hardcore, you know. Um, I mean, it's hard enough already, you know, doing it two, three, four, five times, you know, with with the armor that she's wearing, you know. I mean, and it wasn't no wasn't a picnic for for the stunt player um who was you know done up as the witch king um but both of these you know performers you know they've got their their armor and their gear and their weapons you know shield whatever and it's a hot freaking day outside when these guys are shooting you know what i mean um and they're just going over and over and over again you know something like 15 20 takes of this really intense fight scene i mean this fight is pretty hardcore so you know doing it a couple of times would be pretty exhausting and you know um just as that but to do it 15 20 times is just like whoa you know and it got to the point where you know you could really see that like miranda Otto was starting to crack a little bit but she she like a like a trooper man stuck it out and you know fought through that pain and and delivered 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 such an amazing performance i mean her acting is good and is so great already you know but to put her through that you know um as an actor um you know she's not faking when she's she's tired and broken and beaten down in this scene you know and then the best part though is that is when you know witch king is down on his knees and he's no man can kill me you know and she rips off that helmet and i am no man like holy cow like that is just one of the best moments in these movies and one of my favorite moments in any film you know, because uh, it's just like, you know, like, um, it's just like, you know, go women, you know, like, uh, is, is kind of, you know, how I feel about it. It's just like the, like one of the strongest, one of the most terrifying and villainous motherfuckers walking around Middle Earth can't be taken out by nobody except for someone who doesn't have a dick between their legs, apparently. And it's just like, you know, like any time that you think that you're hot shit, 
you know, you got your big dick swinging between your legs, like, <laughs> you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, I just, uh, I just think it's, it's so fantastic that moment, cause, um, cause it's just like it just, it just, uh, it just uh, brings up these kind of uh, thoughts that I have about things, and um, you know, it just makes me think about stuff in a different way, and then also it's just like such a cool moment, you know, especially for this character that I adore, you know, so much, um, and I admire so much and respect uh, so highly, because um, she's just a badass brawler. And speaking of things that they put back into the extended cut, that's something from the books that I enjoy... Um, is the uh, House of Healing. And uh, it's one of my favorite scenes in the books, and I'm so happy that that got uh, put back into the extended version of the film because it's just so great. And then the song that they have playing over the scene, uh, Liv Tyler actually does the vocal on, and it's just so haunting and ethereal and beautiful. Um, and... Uh, you know, and the same thing goes with with the scene with uh, Pippin searching for Mary uh, on the battlefield. You know, with uh, you know all this carnage strewn about, and finding him, and that moment is just so heartwarming and excellent. You know, uh, I mean, the, the acting in these movies is just phenomenal. I mean, just amazing. Like. I mean, Elijah Wood, I'm not the hugest Elijah Wood fan, but I love his Frodo, you know? I'm a pretty big Sean Astin fan, but, like, Sam, his performance as Sam, top-notch acting. I love Viggo Mortensen, obviously, as as <laughs> I've pretty much made clear, but, hey, dude, Aragorn kills it, you know? All, of the, all these performers just went all out, and they didn't, uh, they didn't pull any punches. They didn't you know, hold back anything. They just gave everything that they could to these performances. And I applaud them, you know? I applaud them so much because they were just so damn good. So damn excellent. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to wrap up a little bit uh, our discussions on The Lord of the Rings. So to uh, wrap up our discussion on Lord of the Rings, uh, I first just want to say, you know, like, again, <laughs> how much I just love these movies, you know, and, and the books as well. They're all fantastic. Um, and uh, I think are just so important, you know. Um, I mean, they really are kind of vital. Uh, in a way uh, that not a lot of um, art is, especially art of this particular, you know, type of genre, you know, because, um, again, like, I just feel like The Lord of the Rings, it transcends being called just a fantasy action-adventure tale, you know, um, it's just way, way more than that, and I think anybody, you know, anyone who's seen them would, you know, can appreciate what I'm talking about when I say that, you know, um, uh, I just think that there's some of the most important stories 
you know, um, to have ever been told. And I just, you know, I, I thank, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien and I thank, you know, Peter Jackson and the cast and the crew of the films because, um, these are just real, these are just, it's just, Lord of the Rings is really important to me. Uh, and, uh, I think is, I think Lord of the Rings is just important for, for society in general. Um, because I mean, so much of the movie, you know, these the films and and the books, uh, a lot of it revolves around you know um, just love and friendship and and connection with people, even if they're different from you, um, you know, if they think differently or you know have a different point of view on this or that or the other thing. Um, chances are one day you're going to be in a bind or they're going to be in a bind or you're both going to be in some some deep uh, trouble and you're going to need each other to get out of that um, but also just being kind to one another you know um, and uh, especially you know when you forge those kinds of bonds of of brotherhood and sisterhood of when you're going through you know just life altering situations like that um and then just just the love that these characters have for one another uh it's just uh something that you know <laughs> uh, you know it, it it almost brings me to tears just thinking about it because it's just so damn beautiful um but, uh, but yeah, I just, you know, I just had to say, uh, that cause, you know, these, these, this, these stories are just so, they're so awesome, but there's just also so important that, and that's how they transcend, you know, being pigeonholed is just a fantasy, uh, you know, adventure story, um, how it affects me specifically, but also how it affects, you know, all the fans, um, around the world, um, and, you know, uh, just, just so, just a, just, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but for me, life-altering, you know, these, these stories, uh, and then, um, and then one more thing before I go, just a little fun fact uh, about Return of the King, which always, <laughs> always makes me, always makes me laugh. Um, the uh, the final day of filming for the Lord of the Rings was actually done after they had already won the Academy Awards. What happened was Peter Jackson realized that he just wanted one little one little shot of some skulls dropping onto the floor to put in to the Halls of the Dead sequence where Aragorn with uh, you know accompanied by Legolas and Gimli go into the Halls of the Dead to recruit um, the undead army. And uh, <laughs> I mean that is just so funny i mean yeah it's not the shot isn't in a theatrical cut but i don't give a shit because <laughs> it's just so funny that you know they win you know all these academy awards including best picture and then pj's like oh wait a minute hang on guys we need one more shot 
it's like and he even remarks on set when they're doing it you know i think it's pretty funny that you know uh we still haven't finished filming this movie and we already won the academy award for it <laughs> that's just that's just really funny um but anyway that's that's gonna do it for for the films of the lord of the rings um obviously i didn't discuss every single thing in minute detail you know um i just wanted to kind of the way i wanted to do this was just kind of see what i you know wanted to talk about in the and have it be more improvisational and in the moment and just see where my heart and my head took me um when discussing these movies i mean like i could talk about lord of the rings all damn day and i could you know uh go and do a very in-depth analysis and review of every single frame of these films that i that i've seen so many times but i i didn't feel like that i felt like that might be a disservice um on this particular platform in this media um i just felt like why not just you know keep it loose and then just go where go where the story takes you um so i hope you enjoyed it um i'm i do plan on doing more of these kinds of podcasts uh you know uh a, like a series um i'm planning in um not next week but the week after i'm planning on reviewing uh my favorite um manga anime live action uh Rurini kenshin um so if you guys so you you anime and manga fans out there uh look forward to that because um, that's going to be a lot of fun for me because I just I love Kenshin so much um, and then um, down the road a little while after that so probably in a month two months um, I'm planning on going after the Harry Potter film franchise uh, so that's going to be fun too um, and then some other stuff you know uh, uh my next episode is going to be uh, uh, Lost in Space. So for anyone who's a fan of the original show, I haven't seen it. Don't get on my case too hard about it. Um, or if you've uh, seen the uh, Netflix original series remake uh, of the Lo of Lost in Space. So we're going to be talking about that in the movie and a little bit about... Uh, I'm going to try and get my hands on some episodes from the original series to watch. Uh, from the original Lost in Space, so uh, I've got some frame of reference, um, and then uh, some other stuff, some some good stuff next week as well. So uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, hearing me talk about Lord of the Rings. Um, if you if you did uh, get through all the all of all of this stuff, because uh, these episodes are pretty long, I understand. Uh, thank you so much for for sticking for sticking through it uh, for sticking with me through it all. Um, and I hope you uh, continue to uh, listen to the podcast and enjoy uh, as we uh, move forward into the future. And that's our show for tonight. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please tune in to our morning show with Heath and our other social media content at Mangami Players on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you again for stopping by for a nightcap. And as with our previous episodes, here is some Howard Shore lord of the rings music to play us off thank you so much for listening good night <laughs>